Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Hello and welcome, and this is the weekly Spirit Seeker radio show, as you heard with the introduction. And this is, I am Cindy Meyer. I have been the publisher of Spirit Seeker magazine for 18 years. You can read Spirit Seeker at www.spiritseeker.com. And you can also reach the radio shows through the website. If you just click on the radio show icon in the left-hand corner, it will take you to more than 400 archive shows that we have brought to you for the past few years. And many, many people send me emails and, um, you know, just saying thank you so much. I because these radio shows can be downloaded as podcasts and a lot of people just say they download them they listen to them at all hours of the day and night and we we get the stats so we know that um, a lot of you are listening you know off hours too and we just really want to thank you for your support another way to support the show is to favorite the show if you go uh, when you're on the blog talk dot com uh, forward slash Cindy Meyer page which is um, where all the shows are archived, all you have to do is just favorite the show and then the people behind the scenes up in the sky with blog talk are like, ooh, people not only are listening, they like it, and then that moves us uh, closer to the front of the page, which allows us to reach more people. And finally, if you are not on our sacrosanct email list, I ask you to send an email to info at spiritseeker.com, then we will send you an email letting you know who the radio show guests are that um, each week. Uh, when the magazine is online, and other wonderful mind, body, spirit events throughout the U.S. and into Canada. So um, just just say, you know, info at spiritseeker.com. Please add me to your email list, and we will be um, happy to do that. Okay, so those are uh, the only announcements, other than to say that this is almost a this is a longer show than usual. Uh, we have um, Karen Abby, who we're going to meet. Uh, you'll hear from in just a moment, um, and she will be sharing her wisdom about her inaugural event, the Conscious Living World's Fair. So we will be on the air from seven until eight with Karen, and then at from eight o'clock until eight forty-five, you will be hearing from John Edward, one of the top psychic mediums of all time. Um, who will be sharing his wisdom. So stay with us for both. It's a great, great show. Okay, so Karen Abbey lives, breathes, and thrives on everything mind, body, and spirit. The first time the two of us talked, we just couldn't stop talking because, you know, we both just were like, yes, 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 yes. And Karen has worked in the um, exhibition industry across America and Australia's biggest well-being events, um, given, giving her invaluable experience for running her event that is coming up on August 1st through 3rd. She has conceived this. You know, she's taken these fabulous ideas that Spirit has given her, and you're in for a treat. So it's a good time for a road trip to Chicago or to actually fly in and spend a weekend. Um, There will be over 200 exhibits. There's everything from aromatherapy to spiritual growth, yoga. Uh, There's even, there's all kinds of stuff. So Karen, 
welcome to Spirit Seekers Radio Show, and thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Cindy. I'm, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm grateful. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't even know where to begin. You have a women's summit. You have the world's longest yoga chain. You have the psychic bridge, the medium bridge. I mean, just just tell us where where you are with, you know, your dream and your vision happening. And you know, I'm I'll just listen. And every once in a while, you hear me ask a question. <laughs> well, you know, I, as I said to you earlier, it is truly a testament of uh, the power of the mind. Um, this show has completely been manifested from drawing out the floor plan and, and putting it on my, my closet, seeing the show done. And when I initially did that, I, I don't feel that I really felt that I would actually do it. And um, so I put it up there and... I had worked for the Mind Body Spirit Festivals and completed 12 shows and saw these amazing people and and had never been familiar with these types of products and services until then. And the changes that I saw in people and including myself or most of all myself was just amazing. Um so I I knew that it was the time for this type of show um, in America. And, and what I mean by that is really bridging the gaps um, between the countries. Australia is so full of high vibrational type products and services that we don't have here, or they put a different spin on it. So... I desire to bring together an international mystery school that travels around the world and awakens the masses, and together we raise the vibration of this planet. And I truly feel that the time is now to do such a show. Well, and Karen, what what brought you to Australia? I mean... Are you you're from the states originally, if I remember correctly? And um, aren't you from the Chicago area, or where are you from originally, if I may ask? Well, I was raised in Southeast Missouri, but I left when I was 18 to move to um, Houston, and I went to work for Continental Airlines. And from there, I traveled to different cities and around um, around the states, and and would transfer um, to for different jobs. And I married a pilot, and he swept me off to Australia. Oh, how funny. Yeah, so I lived in Australia all through the 90s. So that's how you've, like, made so many amazing contacts with different authors and people doing this work. Absolutely. Um, uh, For the first 10 years that I was there, I worked for the airlines. Then I came back to the States, and I worked for um, Showtime Event Resources in Chicago and was in the show business there. Now, with Showtime, we built high-end booths, large 3,000-square-foot booths. We would build them in sections so they would be um, easily transportable. We would build the cases to actually each piece individually would be customized in for a certain case, and we would do road shows. 
So I'm very familiar with that type of process and shows that are um, that travel on the road. So, yeah, I it just kind of all fell into place, and then I decided to move back um, to Australia about three years ago. I wasn't awake. I had no idea about any of these types of products and services, and I'm actually one of the children that woke up on 11-11 at 11-11. I posted it on Facebook and said, look, it's 11-11 on 11-11-11. And that created... convergence. (laughs) It was. I was like, I wonder what 11 means. And so I started searching what 11 meant, and then um, I went to be hypnotized, and... The when I was re, replacing my scars or wounds, I would choose the color of the chakra to put back into that section. And it took me a couple of days to realize that that's what I had done. And I went back to her and I said, do you know that those colors that I chose were the colors of the chakras? And she was like, you know, it never occurred to me. And I said, there's something there, and <laughs> she goes, I'm, I'm sure there is. So that led me into looking at what the chakras were, what they meant, and what they meant to me in my life. And so that sent me in a, on another journey. Then I was looking for a job, and I desired to be in the events business because I, I love it. And I was looking online at um, job postings, and within six minutes of this job being posted, um, it was the Mind Body Spirit Festivals. And I looked at the job description, and I just called him, and I said, "This job is mine." And he laughed at me, and um, so that was the beginning. So immediately after I went to work, I was like a sponge. I was like, what is this? I didn't even know what Reiki was. I understand. I mean, Kieran, I I did my first expo, you know, you know, uh, hosted one with uh, another person in 1996. And, I mean, no one knew what Reiki was in 1996. I mean, no one knew. And, you know, and now you look at it, it's just... You know, there are nuns, there are priests, there are nurses, there are doctors. I mean, there's just every every walk. I mean, I, I've trained more teachers who use it with their students in classrooms and don't even, you know, the kids don't know, but when they're wound up, they just Reiki the class and calm them down. And, I mean, but think about it. That's that's not that long ago, and here we are, you know, where now it's, it's normal. Absolutely. I'm I'm seeing it everywhere. You know, it's amazing. I'm really seeing people um, awakening across the board. You know, I I was raised in southeast Missouri, um, very traditional Christian values. We went to church three days a week. Um, We were involved in every type of activity with the church. So... I had, you know, been away from my family for a couple of years. I was really enjoying uh, learning about these products and services, and I thought, here I'm going back to do this type of show. I, I wonder what my family 
how they're going to react to this and and to who I am now um, with all the changes in me. So I came back and I, I saw my sister at Christmas and she's Southern Baptist and I thought, oh, Debbie <laughs> is going to just, you know, have a fit. And so I sat down and I started chatting with her and I said, Debbie, this is what I desire to do. And I really have a heart-centered desire to to create a show where people can learn these types of of products and services that can help them. And um, she said, she looked at me and she goes, Karen, I know things about people that they don't tell me. <laughs> and oh, I just went, why? really? I said, Debbie, how do you get these messages? And she goes, well... I just know it. And I said, that's, you know, that's the same thing that these mediums that you see are doing, these psychics. You're doing the same thing. We all have this power. They've just sharpened their tools, and we haven't. I said, naturally, she has always been that type of um, child. She, our, our childhood we had an abusive father, uh, alcoholic father. So we saw a lot of things. And it didn't affect Debbie like it had, that it affected myself and my, my other sister. And I always wondered how she did that. And I asked her after I had this hypnotherapy class, I said, Debbie, how did you not, not have any scars from these things that happened? And she goes, Karen, I always thought I had superpowers. And that right then i knew that she was connected on a whole different level than than where i was at and she really did have superpowers and she was joking when she said it and i said debbie you do and so it's just been an incredible journey cindy you know like like you said earlier we've talked for hours and there's just stories after stories but i'll tell you going back to the show and often myself i went to the sydney um may i believe it was show right after i drew out that floor plan and one of the psychics that will be at this show, Christine Rose, she's from Sydney, and uh, she will be on the bridge between two worlds every day, um, all three days of the show. And I went by her her booth, and I had been her sales manager for about seven shows, but I'd never had a reading by her, and so she wasn't busy. Usually she's busy, so I, I saw a time, and I went by, and I said, Christine. I want a reading, and she flipped out the cards, and she goes, oh, my God, Karen, you're going to do your own show. And I said, no. I said, I'll, I'll organize it, but it won't be mine. I'll, I'll find somebody that, that wants to do, an organizer that wants to do a show like this. And she goes, no, Karen, this is yours. And I said, oh, I don't see that. And she goes, well, she goes, you've got a big one in the south. And I said, now, Christine, that's not ever going to happen because the south is known as the Bible Belt for a reason. And uh, she goes, Karen, it's, it's 
it is. And so she gave me some other little things that um, told me a, a few things that were going to happen. And she was spot on um, so far. So we, you know, I, I look forward to seeing if she's spot on in a show in the South. Well, I just think when I look at all the different things with this, I, I, I would like to talk about the women's um, part of this, and then I also want to talk about the whole yoga uh, event that you're creating, and then we'll talk about the, the psychic bridge. But let's start with the women's empowerment um, part of this. How did, how did that vision come to you? Well, I came back to the States and um, after being in Australia. And in Australia, working with the Mind, Body, Spirit Festivals, I had the opportunity to go to um, some empowering women's type um, events. Um, in fact, was, one was Goddess on Purpose by Luann Simmons. And <clears throat> I gathered at this with 150 women for three days. And after it was over, it was an amazing time, amazing connections with women. But I realized that this whole three days that Luann Simmons had gathered 150 women, and over that whole three days, not one woman said anything snidey um, or... Um, had any kind of um, ego associated with them. They were all heart-centered women. And I found that amazing that these women gather and they're just support for each other. And it's pure love support. And so when I came back to the States and I was visiting my friends, and I love you all, uh, <laughs> but it, it seemed like, we were really lacking a sense of empowerment of who we are and and coming from a balanced heart um, space. And I, once I was looking at the exhibitors that I have coming in, I was like, it, it's time. Um, one of the ladies that I have um, scheduled is Antonia Rule. And she is a Brazilian who lives in Melbourne, and she is a fertility specialist. So, and, and I feel like that's a big issue with women um, that I'm seeing, especially in, in the 35 to 40-year-olds that um, are really trying to have uh, children. And it really takes away a, a sense of empowerment that, uh, uh, from a woman if, when you can't conceive. And so when I started looking at, at the, the powerful women that I have here, I was like, it's, it's time that we really focus on the women on that Friday and, um, and give them the tools to reclaim their life. It's well, beautiful. and I think... I think that, um, you know, just the fertility issue alone, I mean, um, it, it is a problem. 
And, you know, and then women oftentimes will feel guilty because maybe I should have done it younger. But, you know, in other in other parts of the world, it is not that unusual to conceive later. But, you know, there's so many theories on this. Um, and with consciousness and with working with the energy meridians, and there's so many things that support it. But I just think it's fabulous that you have a speaker just on um, on that topic on Friday. I mean, you have, you have Francis Bevan, who's a psychic. Um, uh, on TV in Sydney, Australia. You have Dagmar Bryant, who's a psychic um, from Psychic TV in Victoria, Australia. You have um, this, who, who exactly is Ivana Bao, goddess of light? I, I feel like I want to hear about her. Ivana Bao is, is an amazing woman. She actually has several modalities. She is a feng shui um, a practitioner. She she is a um, a healer, like just amazing. Ivana connects with your higher self, and her her connections are pure. And um, she does readings over um, Skype, um, healings through Skype. She is she is just. A beautiful support um, she can really guide you into the directions that you will benefit you the most um, beautiful lady yeah she her picture is perfect feng shui I you know I've been uh, certified in feng shui uh, for 10 years, but I studied it for like 15 years before that. And when I looked at her picture, I thought, okay, and I didn't have time to read her bio, I was like, ooh, she looks powerful. And she just radiates that knowingness, you know. I like, call her my Isis. <laughs> she looks like Isis, you know, very tall. She does. She does. Yes. 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 And yes. the way she carries herself is beautiful. She's just a, a beautiful heart-centered um, exhibitor, and in fact, I have attracted the most beautiful exhibitor list of heart-centered um, exhibitors that that I have ever seen at a show. Um, I, I have made the intention that is is something that is really important to me because I've done a lot of shows, and the vibration of the exhibitors make all the the difference in how the show runs and the energy of the show. And when you have a lot of powerful people, you can really keep um, the energy flowing and the denser energies out. And so I've specifically target put people, uh, certain exhibitors, in certain places on the floor plan just to do that. I feng shui my room. I know it sounds funny, and most people don't know it, um, but before my exhibitors even enter the room, the room has all four corners have been blessed. And I place people, like if it's health and wellness, they're in the health and wellness area. I mean, you know, everyone does it differently, but I'll tell you, when everything is done with consciousness and intention, like even your, your description of uh, drawing this out, and putting it where you saw it, I, that's a vision board. And when you said, you know, I didn't really know I was doing this, but, but you called it in, Karen. You called this in by visioning and looking at it and seeing it. And, you know, it's what we focus on expands. And so many people, 
you know, just um, to not realize that to walk into a show like you're creating, it's all been divinely blessed, divinely led. And what you were saying is that, you know, certain people can't get in because the vibration's so high. You know, it's just the way it is. It's it's like, you know, spirit takes over. <laughs> it, it really does. And I, I laugh when you say that about blessing your show because I would go through mind, body, spirit, and I would stop at each each stand. And the the first time I did it, and I was purely playing. I mean, I play with magic all the time. So I was uh, creating an energy ball, high vibration, and throwing it into the each booth. And as I'd walk by each booth, I'd throw this energy ball in. Well, it <clears throat> I, I noticed... Um, that it it really wasn't enough. So the next show, I would stand in front of each booth, and I would see it feeling like a fish tank full of high vibration. And I have to say that was the best show that I was a part of, and it worked. Now, the um, guys that were setting up the stands were looking at me. I had a crystal in my hand, and I'm standing in front of each one, you know, and they're just like, what is this lady doing? And uh, even the mind, the other mind, body, spirit people, they were like, you know, leave Karen alone. She's doing her thing. And um, But I, I would honestly feel like that is an important um, part of setting up the show before the even the visitors come in. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and you know, it just it just makes all the difference. Well, let's switch gears and let's hear about Danny Allen, um, NBC's the biggest loser winner from Chicago. So, you know, what, what will she be? Uh, she's a lecturer, and let's just hear how she got involved in this show. I mean, you you she have covered so many me. different things. Oh, she completely fabulous. contacted me. She completely contacted me. It wasn't something that I um, I didn't reach out to her. In fact, the majority of these exhibitors I I haven't um, I've completely attracted. So it's been um, a- amazing. But she was one of the first people that actually contacted me and said I want to be a part of this, um, right. and it was fantastic. Now I want to take take you back a step because I, I'm not. I, I want to give you a better visual of this bridge between two worlds. Um, it's the the bridge between two worlds is going to have psychic mediums on it from Melbourne, Sydney, Canberra. <clears throat> I've got a guy from the UK. I've got a lady from Long Island, New York. I've got um, and one Chicago. So it's really a beautiful. Um, international cast that will be on the bridge, and I know them, and they're extremely talented mediums. So I'm really, really proud um, of the the people that will be representing the show um, on that bridge between two worlds, and I, I truly feel that they will um, connect and heal people because... That's something that I struggled with as a child. I lost um, a brother in a car accident when I was 15. I lost my father when I was 17. And I looked at death as such a um, an end. 
and if I had only been taught that I could, that they're still here, and the the energy, I can feel the energy of them, and I can hear them, it would have changed my child, you know, my life because I felt um, wounded. Um, um, I'm trying to think of the word when you abandoned, right? And I carried that into my relationships. I carried it into my life and and really hurt myself on many occasions. So, yeah, the thought is, you know, that happens when people don't understand that we're physically immortal beings and there really is no death. And that um, is that people who love me leave me. You know, that's where the abandon, like, and there's a, you know, until you understand, well, not you, but until we, um, Mm -hmm. as a society, you know, um, start teaching what you're talking about, death is like this terrible thing. And, you know, I, I, I was, you know, in Chinatown one time in San Francisco, and I thought it was a parade, and I said to someone, I said, oh, because, you know, everyone was wearing white, and there was a band, and and it was just this beautiful experience, and I said, what is the parade about, and they said, that's not a parade, that is a a funeral for one of the, um, you know, someone that was well-known in the Asian community, and so there it was, right through Chinatown, you know, celebrating that this person had crossed into the next dimension, and, you know, and, 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 you know, one time I remember after my mother died, um, I was at a spiritualist it was a visiting spiritualist um event someone from florida and i said why is it that when someone dies we feel so sad i said you know just like after my mom died i was just so sad and i even knew a lot of this at that time and she said it's because when someone crosses over we feel so much love and that love almost like chokes us up and that's why we think it's sadness and grief but it's really totally love that makes sense total sense to me. I've never heard it before, but I I can completely relate with that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're doing I mean, I've looked at your your website. I've been following it as this has been developing and this bridge between the worlds and with the mediums. I mean, this is just beautiful what you're creating. You know, you've got the International Women's Summit, Empowerment Summit. You've got, oh, let's let's talk about the Conscious Kids Kingdom. I mean, this is, you've covered so many things with this um, creation of yours. It's amazing. Um, so the Conscious Kids Kingdom, um, tell us what, what kids will experience at this event. Well, one thing with a lot of shows is they leave the kids out. And uh, when I approached the Mind, Body, Spirit festivals, I, I asked them, I said, you know, why aren't we doing something with kids here? Um, you know, there are teachers, and, and they need this for, for their life journey. And they said, well, kids aren't our target market, and um, it's not something that we're interested in doing. So when I had free reign to do what I wanted, uh, I looked at it, and I was like, I'm going to bring in a conscious kids' kingdom, and it's going to be an area that's just focused on kids. So we'll have Singbo meditations. Um, I've got Chicago Kids Yoga that will be there doing a um, a class with the kids, and it will be an interactive class. Um, the Kids Table, which is um, a 
a company in Chicago that teaches children raw food or does raw food demonstrations, the classes. So they'll be doing a raw food demonstration with the kids. Um, and Cosmos Child is one. Dr. Maxine Therese is from um, Melbourne or Geelong, and she'll be here, and she will be um, really teaching how understanding what children really need and and working with the kids on the stage. Oh, and I've got a stretch, baby stretch. Um, Mommy and Me Yoga will be teaching a class with babies and showing people how to do yoga with their child um, and, and the connection that you make when you do such a thing. It's Perfect. beautiful. Okay, well, let's go. Um, and listeners, if you have a question that you would like to ask Karen, um, uh, all you have to do is press 1 on your phone, 1 star, 1 pound, doesn't really matter, just press 1. And then um, by all means, uh, we welcome questions about the event. Um, so all you have to do is push the 1, and then my producer will let me know that you have a question for Karen. So Karen, I let's hear about the world's longest yoga chain. I mean, what a fabulous uh, intention. Well, I, you know, I originally I heard of someone doing it in Australia, and I thought, wow, how cool is that to actually um, attempt a world record? So I, I decided when I got back in December, I was looking at it, and I contacted Guinness and and looked to see how many um, the current record was, and looked at some other, um, there's a longest um, yoga class, and, and there was different choices. And I chose the um, longest yoga chain to to really um, just create a unity in Chicago. Um, and and we're doing it. We have contacted 187 of the yoga studios in Chicago, invited them to be part of the chain gang, as I call it, to um, to line everybody up to to direct traffic. So we are involving Chicago in this. Um, they'll be wearing their uh, yoga studio T-shirts or, or shirts with their name on it. Um, and we will line up. I've got um, Chicago Kids Yoga will be leading the chain, and oh, Jen sweet. will do a pose, and then it will be like a domino effect through through the participants. Wow! I can't. That'll just be like a happy dance, you know? Just a happy oh, dance. I'm, it is so exciting. I, I've been absolutely amazed at the um, how the Chicago yoga community has taken to it, and not even just people that are into yoga. You know, there's people contacting me. I had a guy contact me on Facebook, and he said, you know, Karen, I don't have a yoga mat, but can I bring a rug? <laughs> and I was like, absolutely, <laughs> bring your rug, you know. And so it, it has been... Um, it's been amazing, and, and I just want to invite everybody to come and be a part of this experience and, and set the world record. We actually will have the official Guinness um, adjudicator, which means judge, <laughs> that will be 
at the event. So rather than having to send in our video and signatures of everyone that has been involved, we have been sponsored by the Rosemont Convention and Tourism Bureau to, um, to bring in the Guinness Judge. And so they have made the investment in supporting us in that. And so it's super exciting even more now that we'll have him present and we'll know straight away um, if we are awarded um, the world record. Oh, that is just so exciting, absolutely exciting. It is exciting. Everything, you know, everywhere I look in the show, I just go, wow. You know, it's just simply beautiful, and um, I'm, I'm truly excited, and I, I want to invite everyone to come down and or come up um, to be a part of it. Yes, and the event, um, listeners, is at the Rosemont Convention Center. Um, I'm just going to mention, you know, some of the other things that are, are going on. We, we've talked about, you know, the medium stage, the bridge between two worlds. We've talked about talked about the children's area. We've talked about the Guinness Book of Records, you know, um, attempt at breaking that that record. We've talked about talked about the Women's Empowerment uh, Day, the the summit um, coming together on Friday, August first. Um, and the, the the world record attempt with the yoga chain is on Sunday, August the third. What we haven't talked and we talked about the Conscious Kids Kingdom. What we have not talked about um, that I want to mention is that there is a meditation room. Um, and you know, I teach meditation, and I mean, I think I have five new people coming tomorrow night that have never, that, and they've all emailed and said, I I've, I don't know how to meditate. Is it okay for me to come to this? And you know, here's the thing with meditation and you know Karen will talk about it in a moment there's you can start at anywhere at any point it's just you know it's it's all part of you know setting that intention to learn to quiet the mind um, and and tap into a different type of energy because when we quiet the mind then we're rejuvenated and our cells are happy um, there's also the conscious living uh, spa um, there's the Conscious Living Kitchen. So you talked about the children learning how to do cook with raw foods and et cetera. So what's happening in the uh, Conscious Living Kitchen uh, at your event, Karen? Oh, I, I think my favorite thing on the menu would be a ch- av- the avocado chocolate mousse. So Ooh. if you've never tried an avocado, a chocolate mousse made out of avocado, it, you would not know the difference. Um, that it is actually a a treat, a healthy treat. It's fantastic. But I want to step back a, a moment again. Um, when when you're talking about the meditation room, I have been able to um, to confirm the Brahma Kumaris World Spiritual University will be um, handling my meditation room. So they. They are an incredible group of people. They have something like 22, 23 million people that go through their campuses a year. And they teach a um, beautiful, beautiful uh, meditation that isn't um, anything that's going to step on anyone's toes. It's it's straight down the middle, and and it's just a, a, a straight meditation. But... What I have manifested there is the Brahma Kumaris in Chicago are actually bringing over 
the um, the Brahma Kumari Australia leader to come here and teach them how to run this meditation center. Now, he has, I worked with him at the Mind, Body, Spirit Festivals, and his name is Shaker, Shakar, I believe they say it, but we call him Shaker and, um, in Australia. <laughs> and yeah, no. <laughs> and um, so to have him and his experience, he's been at the Mind, Body, Spirit Festivals running the meditation rooms for over 10 years um, that I'm aware of. So to have him here and to have him teaching the um, Chicago uh, group is, is amazing. It's, it was something that I, I put out there, but to see it come into form and to have him to call me and say, Karen, I'm coming. I was just like, you know, this is this is magical, absolutely magical, and um, and you know they are they're worldwide, so it they're a perfect partner to actually take this on the road. You know, you've just attracted the most amazing miracles. You know this. I have, and when <laughs> I look at it, I just go, wow. You know, it's um, it is. You know, as I said to you earlier, it is setting intentions, um, and that's what this show will be all about. Once, once it's done and and I see it all together, it will be. Um, you know, you can just kind of see where the universe put the um, breadcrumbs out to me. I just followed them. Um, and, that's like a and, great analogy. Yeah, it yeah. was. You know, I I really never um, understood when, even when I was a child, when they said we only use ten percent of our brain, and I was like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Why would God give us this whole brain and only use ten percent? So mm-hmm. that was that's kind of where I was going with, you know, the power of the mind and what we can do when we set intentions. Um, it's it's amazing, and we've got we we must start doing it, everyone, because it it's out there. We know it, but we don't trust ourselves enough to actually um, set the intention and then follow through with it. So it's something that if people really know that it's as real as the law of gravity. Well, right. well, we can we can really make major shifts in the world. Right. Thoughts are things, and where the attention goes, the energy flows. And it's like, you know, if children were taught this, can you imagine what the world would be like? Those, what you're thinking is energy, you know? And, I mean, we're not taught that. We are just simply... But, you know, today more parents are conscious and awake and, you know, the world is changing. But, you know, I feel like you're, you, you with this show have walked between two worlds. You've, you've uh, created a bridge between the U.S., New Zealand, Australia, you know, and other parts of the world. And, you know, Karen, what, what do you see, like, you know, once you got out of the, the U.S. and went to the land down under, you know, and you had been, you know, as you shared earlier, a flight attendant all over the world, all over the U.S., 
What do you feel is happening? I know we talked about the 11-11-11 harmonic convergence when people all over the world started waking up. You know, but here we are. It's, you know, July 2014. What do you feel like is the biggest um, aha moment that you've had with working between Australia and the U.S. in creating this event? Oh, you know, I couldn't name one. It really... Um, life is magical, and when we step back and we look at it and, and we quiet our mind, and we have the power to do anything that we desire to do. I think something that um, has been the most amazing thing for me is feeling the energy. I had never um, taken, I never meditated and actually, I've really just been meditating for the last year. So probably the biggest aha moment is to to um, to meditate. And one is Abraham Hicks has a, um, a meditation that when I do it, I can feel that energy, source energy running right through me. And that has got to be the biggest aha moment probably out of all the amazing, and I mean amazing things um, that I've seen, is that I actually have that within me, and and we all do. But until you feel it and you understand what it is, it's really um, something that somebody else always has. Um, you know, they used to, when I was a child, um, or when I was young, my friends would call mom and say that she was a, um, 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 sorry, um, mom was connected to God. She had a direct line to God. And I guess I always thought she had one, but I didn't. Interesting. And, and, and here it is yeah. with your sister, too. How funny yeah. is that? <laughs> yeah, it's it has been just you know my whole family was was very supportive um of what I you know what I was creating here and it was just an absolutely um a, a great christmas and they they were all like go for it Karen you know we see I I told them why I desired to do it and what I had in mind and um yeah they were great well and look at you know here you were afraid to tell your sister thinking what in the world is she going to think about me now and then she's telling you I just know things you know it's funny I mean my my grandmother my mother's mother had the gift of healing and then Later in life, she joined the Church of the Nazarene, and they told her that that was just the work of the devil. And so she stopped using her healing gifts. And I know my mother, my mother trained in uh, clinical hypnotherapy, and then she never practiced because she said, I can't have that much responsibility working with someone's mind. I just, I just can't do that. She, was very, she, she knew wow. it would be life-changing if she stepped into it, so she just like didn't do it. So I'm the first one who's actually come out as the psychic medium in the family. And I'll never forget, right before my mom died, this is kind of an interesting story to share, but it's coming through, so here I am. And so my mom um, was given three to six months to live, and I knew she'd already had a good part of that. So 
she had three months, and it was right before uh, she was dying. It was right about ten ten years ago, and she said she looked at me this one day, and she was in and out for at this point, and she said, "I want you to promise me that you'll date again." after after I'm gone and I said I can't promise that I had just gone through a like ridiculous divorce and um, had a child in college and another one on the way and then a six-year-old you know or actually yeah six and I said mom I can't promise that I I just I've got my hands full right now so she didn't say anything and she she did say she says you're so young I, I I want I hope that you'll you'll do this and then one day right before she crossed she said, remember we talked about you dating? I said, yeah. She said, I want to tell you something. I know how to do what you do. And my head spun around, and I said, what did you say? She said, you heard me. I know how to do what you do. And if you don't do it, I'm just going to send someone from the other side. I'll, I'll make sure you do it. Now, wow. <laughs> I know. And my mom and I had never really had that conversation. And then, you know, the other thing right before she died is she said, you know, you've got Hindu things in your house, you've got Buddhist things in your house, you've got Native American things in your house. She says, where's Jesus? Oh. And I looked at her and I said, you know, Mom, I guess Jesus is just a given to me. Like, I've grown up, like, you know, I just, like, like you know, that's just, like, I never really thought about having a picture of Jesus. And she said, you need to have Jesus. And I was like, you know, my mom didn't miss a thing. And when she, when she was really like crossing over, there was this yoga teacher who came uh, to pay her for her ad in Spirit Seeker, and she said, and I said, I mean, can you imagine? My mom was literally, you know, like the last hours, and here's this lady who she says, oh, I tried reaching you, you didn't answer your phone. Well, no, my mom was dying, but she came in and she said, do you mind if I help? And I'm like. I don't mind at all. And she went around and gathered rose quartz crystals and put them all around my mom. And then there was this Native American lady who had been a friend of mine, and I knew her daughter. And she she had shown up like, I don't know, I guess my mom was here for like a month into this whole process. And she showed up at my door and she said, can I volunteer for you? She said, I'm just falling asleep all day and I'm just bored to tears. Can I just please come, you know, volunteer for you? And I said, Mary, I said, I need help with my mom. And my mom was Native American. Her father was half Cherokee. And so here's Mary, this Native American lady who just God sent her to help me. And she's, like, got all the stuff from the medicine man from the reservation that we're, like, you know, smudging stuff and burning stuff and, you know, helping my mom, like, release this world and go on to, you know, where she wouldn't be in pain anymore. And, you know, Karen, is how it works, you know. And, like, I don't even talk about this too much because most people would think, what? And then I dated this guy as my mom was dying. Just, like, we went out on three dates and then I said, this is not going to work. I cannot date someone in the middle of my mom dying. But he was a Buddhist from Japan, and he and my mom had this huge connection. Like, I, I thought, you know, the only reason I even, like, dated him was so that they could meet. Because he said, he said, do not let them take the body after she dies before I come. I said, okay. So I called him, like, the minute it happened. And he came and did Buddhist chants before the hospice people and everybody took her body. You know, I mean... You know, do you hear, I mean, it's like, this is the kind of stuff people, like, when you really tap into just surrendering, like you did with your show and said, I got this vision, and then here are this medium that you've known for so long, gives you, has an opening at a show, Divine Time, you know, and then 
she just tells you, Karen, you're supposed to do your own show. I mean, this is how how it works. Isn't it magical? You know, it's funny because the first ones that booked in and were calling me and pushing me were the mediums. <laughs> I said, you know, it's it's a great feeling when the mediums are saying, "Here, Karen, take my money," and and I I loved it. It, it was fantastic. But you just said something that that hit on my heart a, a moment. Talking about saging, that's not something that I was taught. In fact, I, I thought it was really airy-fairy. And, um, and even though the Catholic Church has done this for centuries, but one of my friends um, who I was also concerned about what she, what she would feel about this, she said, um, Karen, she goes, I, I really felt like there was something in this house. And, um, and she goes, I went to my preacher, and she said, I told him, that, you know, I need to have it cleared. And he laughed at her. And I said, Nan, you do. And it's important. I said, the Catholic Church does it. If they can do it, you can do it. So so clear, clear that. And something I did at the Mind, Body, Spirit festivals um, when I first started playing with, with Magicka, as I say, um, I would, when I would feel the energy off in, in the office, I would go, I would mentally walk around that office burning sage. Now, I, I couldn't do it because I've, I worked in an office with home shows and, and they, they did like 19 shows a year. So it was a large office and, and there's no way they'd allow me to smudge this, this office. So I would do it mentally. And it worked. And one of the girls oh, said yeah. to me, yeah, she, she goes, Karen, you didn't smudge the office this morning, did you? I said, actually, no, I didn't. And she goes, well, you need to. And I said, well, why don't you? You you can do it just as good as I can. And she goes, no, I can't. And I said, listen, I made that up. I said, you know, and it, but it works. So right. you can do it. So... Smudging is something that I really think that all, you know, that we really need to understand energy and how energy gets stuck and, and how we can clear it. And, and right. that's something that I, I desire for people to know and understand. Well, I want to make sure we give the um, the website consciouslivingworldsfair.com. I'm going to repeat that, consciouslivingworldsfair.com. Your price on this is not to be believed, so please share with our listeners what it costs to come to an event like like this amazing world. Yes, World's Expo that you have created. How much does it cost? Well, what I did is I created a package like the Mind, Body, Spirit festivals have because one thing about going to a convention center, you get an empty booth space, and then you've got to add the carpet, and you've got to order the electricity, and you've got to order um, the walls or, or build it yourself. And because I had so many international people coming, I knew I had to make it an easy and effortless package so what i've done is do i've got the pipe and drape um booth package with the carpet electric and um you know what um, i meant for the attendees the attendees but those oh. of you're listening and you want to be an exhibitor 
do you still have room? You can see where my mind is, can't you? <laughs> I'm on exhibitors still. Um, I know, but, I know. But definitely the visitors, the show will be open from 10 a.m. till 7 p.m. Friday and Saturday. Sunday will be there from 10 a.m. till 5 p.m. for the show. But the yoga chain will start at 8 o'clock, uh, line up at 8, 9 o'clock, uh, will be the kickoff, and then after the show or after the yoga chain is over, all those participants are going to we're going to open up the show and allow them to go into the show. So um, that will will really um, give us a um, a great. Um, a great day. They'll have a great day out coming to the yoga chain, and then they can go into the show for free. So it will be um, an incredible time. Incredible. And then, they, you, and then the way it works is you can do Friday only. You can do a three-day early bird pass. Um, you can do just Sunday, just Saturday. Um, isn't it twenty? Is it twenty dollars for the whole day? It is twenty dollars for the three days. It's eight dollars oh online. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I wanted it to be affordable for families because I'm including the Conscious Kids Kingdom in. When you look at even twenty dollars um, per parent, you know, and for the for the kids to be able to come, I I didn't want to price it where they couldn't bring a family. And I actually got a call from a lady the other day that has four kids, and and she just said, Karen, I just want to tell you, I really appreciate this being affordable. And um, and <clears throat> that right there, I knew I was on the right track um, right. when she's saying, we don't get to go to these kind of things. And I appreciate it. And she goes, we're going to, you know, we'll be there. And so it it's, it's just divinely um, timed. Okay, and one last thing. How do they help you with promoting the word through Facebook? You know, um, we are allowed now to use the Guinness World Record logo. So anyone that can go on our Facebook page, um, you can uh, promote the event online or um, or promote the Guinness World Record attempt. Um, so and how you know, do they find say, you on Facebook? Facebook is at Conscious Living World's Fair, and um, then we'll have the events listed. I have the uh, Feminine Empowerment Summit listed on the events page. I have the Yoga Chain listed on the events page, and even the uh, Bridge Between Two Worlds. So you can go on to our Facebook page, um, go over to the event um, page and see the the mediums that will be on that bridge between two worlds. So you you can get a little bit of a background on them. In fact, I've got a um, a video on that page of Francis Bevan that is at a radio station in um, I believe it's Brisbane um, or it's in Australia, and he's doing like a quick run through a, a speed. Um, reading. So he is, um, and and he's amazing. He's he's spot on. So even um, Christine Rose, we have a video of her on there. And then you can go on and read more about Shira um, 
from Long Island and Patty from Chicago and and Dagmar and Dagmar and Glenn Bryant are a um, husband and wife duo uh, team, so they'll be up on the bridge at the same time connecting together. And he is from the U.K., she's from Melbourne, and it is um, something to see. You, you, you have to uh, understand the different vibrations and how people connect um, differently, and, and this is a great visual of how that's done. Well, Karen, I I just can't thank you enough. And once again, Conscious Living Worlds Expo, uh, World Expo, and um, this is Karen Ebby that you've been hearing. This is her dream, her vision, and I just support you and just love and adore everything that you're doing and your energy and enthusiasm. So thank you for inspiring so many. And, you know, people... Um, are, are just in for a treat. And if you are able to help promote, social media is the way. It is the name of the game today. And um, you can see uh, a press release in the um, it was in the May issue of Spirit Seeker about this event. And then there is you know the ad with everything. The information is in the July issue. Um, I just want to mention that um, we are going to go right into our uh, next interview. And I know people are waiting, but. Um, Karen, thank you so, so much. And if you have information, what number can they call you if they want information on, you, um, on your event for venting or anything else? They can call me on 708-603-2929. Okay. Well, and thank you thank so you, much. Thank you, Cindy. It's been a oh, pleasure, and I love you, and I'll see you soon. <laughs> okay. Sounds great. Thanks so much. Okay. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Goodbye. Okay, so listeners, this is Cindy Meyer from Spirit Seeker Magazine, and we're going to go right into our uh, interview with John Edward, but I do want to mention at the top of the hour um, that if you would like to be added to our email list so that you know about interviews like this, there are over 400 free archived podcasts that um, are from the last few years of the interviews, amazing interviews that, you know, Spirit Seeker has, you know, we just offer this, and it's my... um, It's just an honor and a privilege to be able to interview the people making a difference in the world and to bring this to you. I also want to mention that you can read the July issue online or August issue. Of course, we're working on that right now. We're at deadline. But some of the articles in our July issue are the gemstone, working with gemstones in the color orange, the four levels of intuition, the problem with clutter, Venus and Mars working with your astrology chart not just with your sun sign uh, moon sign and rising but also working with Venus and uh, and Mars in astrology and designing uh, your life in a new way it's also a great article on what is meditation we also have been kicking off our healthy pet section and starting with our August issue we will have a monthly article on how to keep your pets healthy and well too okay so we are going right into our interview with um, John Edward now. So thank you so much for supporting Spirit Seeker. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Spirit Seeker Hour. 
And there are several ways that you can help others find their way to this uh, platform for the Spirit Seeker Radio Show. If you would like the show on Blog Talk Radio, we would be very grateful. It lets the people who you know, analyze the statistics, know that, hey, hey, people, they know how many people are listening, but they really like it when you also like the show. The other thing is that if you would like to be added to our sacrosanct email list, please send an email to info, I-N-F-O, at spiritseeker.com. We will let you know about the weekly radio show. We will let you know when the new um, monthly magazine is online. We've been published for 18 years and online for 16 of those 18 years uh, with a print magazine in the Midwest, and most recently we've added Seattle, Washington as our first sister city outside of uh, the Midwest. So each month there are fabulous articles, and each week there are fabulous interviews, and, you know, everything is free. So there you go. One, our wonderful advertisers and uh, readers that support us have helped us grow, and so um, we will let you know about other Mind, Body, Spirit events uh, with our weekly email newsletter. Okay, all advertisements are now finished. We are now going to have some fun. Today, my guest is John Edward, who has been a psychic medium, author, and lecturer for the past 25 years, and he has helped thousands with his gifts and his uncanny ability to predict future events and communicate with those who have crossed over to the other side. Today, he is one of the country's foremost psychic mediums and author of the critically acclaimed New York Times bestsellers, One Last Time, What If God Were the Sun? Another bestseller, Crossing Over, The Stories Behind the Stories, and Afterlife, Answers from the Other Side. He's also written Final Beginnings, Practical Praying Using the Rosary to Enhance Your Life, and Infinite Quest. He has a, his own uh, blog newsletter, which we will hear about. He not only offers readings and all that I just mentioned, but he also has a membership where you can watch videos, and he helps people in so many other ways. So, John, welcome to the call, and, and thank you for doing the work you're doing. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, so it has been a journey. I mean, 25 years ago, um, things were not as they are today with people openly talking about psychic mediums. So let's go back in time. And when you first, you know, were starting to do this work, um, or even before you started doing the work, let's go back to when you knew you were a little bit different, shall we say. Let's see. Um, I, I think I could I could look back on earlier moments in my elementary school years and say that I could recognize moments that are psychic in nature, but the reality is I didn't think I was psychic. I didn't say, oh, my God, I'm psychic. I think the reality is I just, in some respect, thought I was smart because I knew stuff. I just didn't know how I knew it. Like, I just right. took it for granted that I knew it. Right. And, and you know, back in the day, or not in the day, it doesn't, you know, not to make it sound so, like, long ago, but truly, when people had imaginary friends or, or you know, I can remember a girlfriend um, who's in her mid-60s, but when she was four years old, her neighbor, who had been, like, like almost a surrogate mother, she just loved her so much, and when she died, the neighbor started talking to her in dream state, and she would tell her mom, oh, I just talked to, you know, I forget her name, but, you know, and her mom would say, you stop talking about that. People, you can't talk about that, and, you know, it just wasn't encouraged or understood if you if you got messages from people. Right. It was something that people were uncomfortable with because they couldn't understand it, and depending upon their religious views, that sometimes it either enhanced it or, in some respects, forced people to not acknowledge it. 
so going forward in time, you know, just was anyone else in your family, like did they just know things or were you the first one who really showed up with those gifts? No, my grandmother, my mom's mom, I, I, she was very, very psychic. I mean, whenever she put her finger up in the air and she said stuff, it would, um, it would, actually, it would absolutely happen. Usually it was like when she was telling you not to do something or this bad thing was going to take place that you didn't want to hear her say. But she was probably close to 100% accurate because she was coming from a place of positive and pure intentions. But uh, nobody else in my family, I could say, does this work in the way that I do. Well, you're a trailblazer, and, you know, you, you have gone, like, I mean, you've had your own show, you've, you've done a lot of things, and, you know, out of all the different things you've done, is there one that has just been like, oh, my gosh, glad I found my way to this, or have you just enjoyed everything? I have enjoyed everything. I think I if I could go back, if I could go back, I would say I would appreciate the opportunity that crossing over was differently. I don't think that I... I don't think I fully allowed myself to understand and appreciate really what that show was meant to be and do because I was so busy policing it and making sure that the editors, the producers, the network all got my intention and that I needed the work to be real and that I needed to protect the integrity of it and to make sure that they, they weren't producing a TV show, but they were my events that were going to be televised. And that was a that was a, it was a lot, of, a lot of that that I had to kind of police because the nature of television, um, as um, I'm, sure, I'm sure you know, is right. they want salacious and they want it to be emotional and they want to go in for the scene of the person's tears rolling down their eyes and stuff like that. And I, I'm like, mm, that's not me. That's not what this show is going to be about if I'm on it. So it, it, was a, it was a conflict for me. And I don't think I really appreciated until maybe a few years after the show was off the air, the, 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 the bigness of what it meant on the, in the world. I mean, it was, a, it was a breakthrough program, and I feel blessed that I had the opportunity to do it. In hindsight, I wish I could go back there and say, enjoy this like, while you're doing it. You know, I think that sometimes there's almost, um, how do I put this? Like, you were, you were so... Um, I can hear it, you know, wanting to make sure the integrity was maintained and wanting – it was all new. It hadn't been done. Right, and, and people were trying to tell me how it had to be, and I would say, no, it can't be like that. And they'd say, well, why not? I mean, because when people see me live, I have to be better live than I am on TV. And they didn't understand that because they were only looking at the box. They were only looking at the television box. They weren't understanding everyday life and the reality and the reach that the show was going to have. And I said, when people come to see me, they need to feel, literally feel, the energy in the room. And they need to recognize and connect with what's taking place. I said, and all of it has to be better than the TV show. I said, and if you guys try to edit a show together to make me look like I'm a super psychic, then it's going to do a disservice to the it. work in, in the right. long run. In the long run, they're going to be like, well, that's not real. Right. So, if they so you, you almost had a reality show way before anyone even knew what a reality show was. No, I actually could say that I officially had a reality show, but nobody really wanted it in the sense that it's like it's, they, don't, they, they wanted it to be different than it was. I mean, right. my, my, my realm, my, my range, whatever the period of time I had the, uh, on cross, crossing over was a, a, a constant energetic battle between what the network wanted to produce and what I would allow. Constant. Absolutely constant. Right. You know, it's so funny, like um, – uh, 
the Celestine Prophecy. Okay, when he wrote that book and they wanted to edit it and change it, and he said, no. It took like three publishers before he finally arrived with someone who said, okay, we'll publish it as it is, which was, you know, a big deal, I mean, right. at that time. And, you know, and then you look at, uh, and, and of course it became a bestseller, and then you look at Florence Scovel Shen, the early 1900s, this female metaphysician. Of course, females weren't supposed to be metaphysical, right? So she writes that book, and she was one of the first females who ever self-published and to this day that book is still like every language everywhere you know the game of life and how to play it and so you know like here you are with this I, I can see how you know later you realized what an impact you made and I mean and you've been you've had lots of really good uh, media opportunities and um, you know I just think that You've really been a trailblazer. That's how I, I look at you. Yeah, and, and all everything else, like the educational part and understanding that it's not, oh, yes, I'm, there he is, giving like the perfect answer. No, you're tuning in, you're handling the energy, you're listening. I mean, there's a lot to it that people don't get. Right. Well, they well, listen, we're living in a society where kids today are ultimately communicating telepathically through their devices. They don't mm-hmm. communicate with words anymore. They communicate telepathically, and they abbreviate everything. So everything is an abbreviate. Everything is an abbreviation. Everything is a um, shortened, heightened, quickened moment. And I think that people they they come to expect that with the subject matter, and this subject matter does not lend itself to that. It's not a cooking segment on a TV show, and this is what this is my opening thing on every show that I do. I say. This is not baking a cake. You can't bake a cake in real time on television. You can't do a reading in real time on television because it could take an hour in order to really get into one person's lessons and their energy and their this. So if we're going to do a reading on someone, it might be an aspect of their life. It might be just talking to their relative on the other side, or it might be heightening this one arena. But then people want everything to be like that cookie-cutter Twitter message when it comes to the world of, of, of media, and it doesn't lend itself like that to me in any way. You know, I, I am glad that you brought up about the, the kids being so psychically connected, and, you know, it's funny, like, I'm on Facebook a lot, and I know that, you know, you, you, I see your posts and, and et cetera, and, but the, I have a 16-year-old, and, you know, my other kids are in their 20s and stepkids in their 30s and 40s, and so this is like this, this young one who was kind of like so different than the other ones and he says oh mom we don't use facebook we use twitter so it's like the minute any of this little pod of souls that are you know together right now next year they'll all be going to college but for right now they're all like totally synced it's like they know they know and it's not like an invasion of privacy it's just a very soul level connected if that makes sense it is, and with that comes the dangers of it as well. Because in in other kids' days, right, they there might be an issue or a conflict, and five to twenty kids might know about it in a in a circle of energy. But now today, that same embarrassing moment or issue could be Instagrammed or tweeted, and a thousand people in less than a half hour could know about it by sharing it. So now this kid who's got all this negative energies. I mean, take a thousand people and put them in an arena or put them in a room and now have them all making a comment about someone's experience or embarrassing moment or whatever uh, cowardice that comes out with the you know, social media. And that kid's got all that energy coming at them and nobody's training that kid how to protect himself energetically from it. 
which is part of your work. I um, I read some of the articles that you've written with your newsletter, and I'm I must tell you, I listened to your uh, daughter's rendition of Little Mermaid. Oh, thank you. And I, oh, and I mean, it brought tears to my eyes. And, and I loved how you you are teaching her about the energetics of the world, and and how I mean, she was only six when she sang that, right? Yeah, she was only she was only six, and she she came into this world. She's going to be famous. Like, even if I don't want it to happen, it's <laughs> it's going to happen because she came in on a wave of energy that is like, you know, I, I jokingly say I have that child, like that child, the child that I would make fun of, I have. So she's like little Judy Garland. She came out like a mini Kristen Chenoweth. And it's not something that's taught to her. It's like she, it, she is that. So I know that with that, I have to prepare her for what she's going to come up against. And I, I looked at her chart and I knew that she needed there's stuff that like is in her chart from an astrology standpoint that she needs rejection. So nobody wants to see that their child has a need for rejection. So I said, you know what? Let's utilize this. I'm going to put her into, into auditions because that will be the one place that she could work out all her rejection issues. And so instead of her getting it on a personal level or a family level or a relationship level as she gets older, I'll give it to her in a place where it becomes somewhat manageable or understanding to have it. But even though she's technically going out on auditions, she's not allowed to use the word audition. Even though the industry will use the word audition, she's going out on an interview. And I make sure that she's in control of understanding that she's not going into a room to find out if she's good enough because that sets somebody up for failure. So we set the intention. She's going in to interview to see if she's right for that specific part, role, commercial, or whatever it is that she's going for. It's an interview, because that's really what it is. The audition part of it is the, the judgment that's energetically attached to it, and that's what it's called, where people say that they can be dismissive or they can this. So the people that she works with, they all know that they're not allowed, even though it's their industry, to refer to her going on an, on an audition. She goes on interviews, because my child is not audition. That's a perfect reframe. Yep. That's a perfect reframe. Yep. You know, and, and the, you know, I'm a big fan of neuro-linguistic programming in whatever way, you know, to support a child. And I, and I love how you brought in the astrology component. I also read your take on astrology, and I thought, okay, we have to talk about this. Because um, so many people in my experience use astrology to um, almost like embed or imbue their challenges instead of like what you just said since that's in her chart, how can we work with that in a way that she can learn whatever life lessons there are around it in a way that actually is positive. Right. How many, how many years are you involved with metaphysics? Oh, my gosh. I, as far back as I, I mean, I mean, I'm 59 as of yesterday. Happy um, birthday. Uh, thank you. Probably in my, like in my early 20s is when, like, I saw my first Swami and I was introduced to Edgar Cayce. Okay, and, so you're, you, you remember the wave of the late 80s, early 90s, when reincarnation and past life regression therapy was the, the, the golden child of the subject matter. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, and, 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 you know, and the Maharishis, and, you know, and even as a child, I was um, raised Catholic, and I adored fasting in the morning. I adored the high, um, the Kiri high masses, and I liked it in Latin. When it went to English, I wasn't so thrilled. You know, it was... <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it, but I no, know. I do. But yeah. when I when I when I look back on those you know those times, and I think about past life regression therapy, I remember the clients who were 
seasoned by that period of time coming to me. And I remember having a client, and I said to her, you know, it's, you're stuck in, a, in an energetic rut. You're not, you're not working, and you're not seeking employment, and you, you need to. And she said, no, I know, but can I explain to you why? So I'm waiting for her to tell me she's got, like, a physical disability and she can't go to work. Her answer to me was, like, I was a slave in a past life, and so this lifetime I'm waiting for somebody to kind of now help me work through that karma and take care of me. And I remember my reaction, and this is like, you know, what, 20 years ago? My reaction was I wanted to throw her out of my office. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, are you out of your mind? I'm like, you don't use that as an excuse. Even if you were a slave in a past life, you understand what that karma is, and you figure out how to work through it. So I feel like you're right. There are people who use astrology or numerology as the, um, the net for whatever excuse right. or aspect instead of using it to work as a tool. That is so hysterical that you brought up the past life thing. I have been offered whole past life practices before. I mean, I, I've been intrigued with it my whole life and, and, and thought I had, you know, it was like, why would I ever need another one of those? I've got so much information that I've received, and it was always helpful. But I had a session oh, about a year and a half ago, and the lady that I came in, I, she says, no, we're doing a past life regression, right? I said, no, I, I asked for the crystal healing because I fractured my knee and my ankle in three spots, and I just want the meridians open. I'm getting ready to go to Europe for two weeks, and I want to make sure my leg is as strong as it can be. So she, she says, okay. She starts to do a guided thing, and she, of course, she took me into a past life regression, but I, but I retrieved information that was very helpful, and I was grateful for it, and I knew that it was lined up way higher than you know what was happening in that moment. I mean, it, the whole guys came in and gave me that information, and I needed it. But the astrology thing, there's something going on right now with astrology. With me publishing Spirit Seeker, I get books, like they just arrive, eight to ten books a week. And I have four new astrology books, but they're not focusing on just the overall cosmic chart. They're focusing on, one is Mars and Venus, Mm-hmm. Another one is Pluto, and another one is like taking a whole different take. And so when I was reading, you know, your take on astrology, I thought, okay. So what do you think is happening with all of a sudden it's shifting, and there's much more awareness all of a sudden with it? Well, I'm hoping, I'm, I'm hoping that it's, it's, it's about balance. And I think that, um, you know, in the 90s, there was the, the channeling was the big thing, and there was the, re, you know, past lives became a big thing, and then in 2000 crossing over hit the airwaves and then everybody and their brother wanted to be a medium and I, I remember thinking you know there's so much more to the world of, of energy than just mediumship and mediumship is a, is a specialty of even being a psychic so most people who are watching this aren't going to get activated on a medium level they're going to get activated on an energy level and then there was this big divide or a gap where they thought they were mediums but they really weren't so I felt like I felt almost like responsibility to that, and I, I, I couldn't fix that because I wasn't on TV anymore to be able to say, like, hold on, let's just focus on this a little bit. And I think that now, um, now the universe is going, wait a minute, I need to get this information back out there, and I need to activate the people who are already teachers, that this is the new curriculum, and the new curriculum is empowerment. The new curriculum is evolution, spiritually. And what do, we, what do we use to do that? Well, when you go into the kitchen drawer, you have spoons and forks and knives and different sizes uh, of each. And for different tasks, you need different utensils. So I think people are now becoming more 
cooking in the kitchen of spirituality. They're seeking what their tools are. They're recognizing, wait a minute, if I'm going to cut bread, I can't use a spoon. I need a knife. Um, and what can do that? And the fact that it's specializing is kind of like highlighting certain aspects of what planets mean. There's a, there's a guy that I found this year, and I've probably you've seen him online on Facebook, and I've tweeted and retweeted him. His name is David Palmer, and he goes by the Leo King. And he's really, really refreshing for me because he doesn't speak astrological ease. He talks about the horoscopes. He does a daily horoscope on YouTube, and he breaks it down so that it's applicable and understandable on a level that you will be able to identify with it, and you'll be able to say, oh, I got that. I, 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 that makes sense. Where I know, I'm sure you've had conversations with astrologers where they start off talking in English, and the next thing you know, it's an astrophysiological kind of, you know, what's happening in the, you feel like you're taking an astronomy course, and it does right. it loses the, the personal kind of what does this mean for me? Like, and I, and I always feel like I joke around with astrologers, and I'll say, well, this is really great that you know all this, but if I wanted to know any of that, I would have studied it, and I really don't want to know any of that. I just want to know what it means for me. So can you just tell me what it means for me? He does that. Yeah, I, I noticed you wrote about him, and I thought, the Leo, the, the Leo, what is it, the Leo King is what he goes by? Yeah, he goes by the Leo King. Um, I thought that's very catchy, and I have not read him, but I saw when I was preparing, I thought, okay, I'm going to have to definitely tag into that, because I think, you know, and I loved how you explained that, you know, you can't just take cookie cutter, um, okay, so this person, Mother Teresa, had this chart, and so everyone with that particular alignment is going to be like Mother Teresa. No, it isn't, because everybody still has their soul-level lessons, that's and, right. you know, that's part of the cosmo- co- cosmic chart, so to speak. But, you know, I, I just think, you know, right now, more than ever, you know, people are seeking knowledge, which is what you're offering with, you know, all the different things you're doing. And, you know, I teach a new moon, full moon, uh, facilitate that every month. And I, I study from four different astrologers to prepare, you know, to teach. And it has been a crazy rock and roll year, you know, December from December. And I'm not an astrologer, but I picked up enough that between December and April with that grand cross that lined up like the words were change or be changed it was like right. this opportunity to really find change. your and truth then, find your yeah. truth find your inner truth um and then mars was retrograding in, in libra which has been i think a, a, a really crucial period of time with when it comes to energy and relationships and saturn's and scorpio a lot of stuff going on oh i know and then we had another grand cross that just came up with the new moon in cancer which is that exactly what you were talking about with People are ready for spiritual evolutionary leaps right now. And if you totally, like, surrender and say, okay, I'm ready, it just feels like people are are becoming more aware of their soul-level work, not just life purpose, but, like, okay, so what is my soul yearning for at this point? Where do I want to go next? Right. And it's pretty cool that it's, like, you know, with the Internet and everything, like, you know, with what you're offering with your um, classes and, you know, different levels of membership, it's, like, it's like it's unlimited. If someone wants to change or wants to have life in a different way, it's all available. It is available to them. It is absolutely available. And, and what's funny is that there's a lot of excuses that people use. And I feel like what I do is, like, a, I'm, like, a spiritual fitness trainer. And... Mm. A lot of people want the gym membership, but then they never go. And it's the same thing that I've noticed with learning. They want the quick and easy. They want the reading. They want to know grandma standing behind them, and they want you to tell them what to do. But they don't want to go through the energy and the experience of having to make their own evolutionary changes, 
they think they do on some level, but we're not quite there yet. And I think for those people who kind of activate that, um, it's a good thing. And the Evolve community, which is the, the paid online community that I that I do, has a, a lot of stuff where I, I do I do all this. But I started in June to do a 90-day evolution every day for free because there were a lot of folks that on Facebook said that they really couldn't afford to become a member and that they felt excluded. And I, and, I, and I know that there were people that couldn't afford to do it. So I said, you know what, I'm going to do the same level of teaching. I'm going to just do it in small bites every single day so people can get, it, get in and get out. Six to nine minutes, they can make that commitment. What was amazing is to see how many people don't read. And people would say, I can't afford the free 90-day evolution. Because oh, like, their, their, their thoughts were so stuck with the whole yeah. thing. And I, 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 I literally wish that there were people on Facebook that had phone numbers so I can call them and say, can you just please read out loud what you wrote? I cannot afford the free 90-day evolution. And I, you know, I gave a couple of people the benefit of the doubt, thinking like I can't afford the time or I can't afford the luxury of doing this because if I do that, life's going to change. But no, 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 I was reading way too deeply into what they meant. They literally meant they could not financially afford it. And I'm like, it's free. Right. They couldn't see it. They couldn't see it. That's just that's stuck in when you talk about the patterns. That's one yeah. of the patterns where, you know, and can you imagine that ceiling on your whole life? No. I no. Know. No, <laughs> I, I really, I really, really cannot. And I think that's one of the things as a parent that I want to teach my children that it's important to have energetic boundaries with people, but not with opportunity. I mean, right. the universe is an abundant place if you allow it to be. Right. And you just so gotta, as a, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm saying and you just have to, you have to trust that you're putting your energy in the right place. Yeah. So, you know, you have, you've had a lot of um, acclaim. You've, you've, you've had featured articles in the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, the Washington Post, Newsday, People Magazine, Entertainment Weekly, you know, the Associated Press, and you were named as one of People Magazine's most intriguing people of the year. That is even the other parts of being on Ellen, being on Oprah, being on Live with Regis and Kelly, um, Jimmy Kimmel Live. You've, you've been on a lot of different things. Uh, Dr. Phil, let's not forget that. CNN's Larry King Live. Um, you've been in Australia, UK. You've been all over the world. What What is, like, how has this been for you? I mean, I know that you're, you, you are an amazing person. I've, I've only experienced you live once, but I followed you, you know, for a long time. And just, but what was it like, like, with all these different people, to just be who you are and bring your your gifts, and I mean, I'm sure you've had some astounding moments with all of these people. You know, it's it's funny. I I really don't think about it. I I just okay. I just do it. And um, I just came back from Australia where I was doing media, and almost every interview I had did what you just did, like lists all those things. So I'm kind of in that in that place of I think the universe is trying to tell me, like, take a moment and appreciate the fact that you did do all this stuff. But I'm I've been on this machine since I'm 15 years old where it's, you know, read and teach, share and teach, read and teach. And I've been so, so, so conscious about it not being about me that I really don't see any of that as being important. So I, t- I take a moment because I know that in the, in the media aspect, it's been a great platform to get information out there. And I do. I, I take a moment and go, wow, this is kind of cool, like, I could say I did that, and, like, I had this opportunity. And then at the end of the day, I go back to when Newsday, you talked about Newsday, 
did a feature story. I was the cover story. It was a seven-page article. And still to this day, I think one of the best things that was ever written that I participated in about the subject matter. But I was the cover story of, of, of part two of this entire New York paper. And it was wow. a very profound period of time for me where I was like, oh, my God, like everybody in New York that reads this paper is going to see my face. And <laughs> like, this is like huge. And I think I had about a 24-hour window where my guides, my team of energies, allowed me that moment of take it in and then appreciate what this is. And I did. And then the next night, it was a Monday night, and I could literally tell you exactly where I was. I was in Junior's Pizzeria in Huntington, and I was walking up to the counter, and the girl went, oh, my God, you're that guy. And I went, I am that guy. And we had like a brief moment. And she's like, I think that's so cool. And then a couple other people had that moment of recognition. And I had this moment of feeling all this attention coming at me. And i got to be honest, I didn't really love it. And then I, I turned around. And as I was walking away, my guides gave me two very pronounced images. They showed me my face, the cover story. And they showed me a puppy being paper trained on my face. And then they showed me my face as a newspaper, lining the bottom of a birdcage, gave me that as a direct opposite and said, the value isn't in the article. The value is in the message getting out to the masses. So, Absolutely. And I, Absolutely. I, I laughed as I sat in Junior's Pizzeria in Huntington going, oh, my God, there are dogs peeing on me right now. Like, in the big <laughs> scheme of things, like, that's really what they were trying to show me. Like, okay, here it is. Like, your accomplishment is not that you were in the paper. Don't get hung up on that. Get an appreciation of what that paper is doing. And I think from that early moment, I really never took any of the media stuff seriously. I mean, when I was doing Crossing Over, I had producers come up to me and say, you need, not, you, you need to not do anything else but this show. And I went, well, what do you mean? Well, you can't see your clients. You can't tour. Don't think about writing a book right now. You've got to put your focus on the show. And I'm like, well, my focus is on the show, but I, I have like, all this other stuff I have to do because I knew I had stuff that I had to do. And Absolutely. I remember I very clearly them saying to me, um, no, you need to focus your attention here. And I said, listen to me, this show will eventually go away one day. And if I make my life and I define who I am by this show, then when it goes away, I won't know who I am. So the answer to that is no, I will not do that. And I never did that. I never defined myself as John Edward from Crossing Over. I was John Edward. And Crossing Over happened to be one of the things I was involved in. And that comes from that first article coming out, you know, the cover story and the the little dog piddling on my face. Like, that image I'll never forget. Right. Your guides knew to, like, help you through that. Because, you know, when you have claim and, you know, so many people, when they get that much fame and recognition, they don't know how to handle it. And, like, they gave you something that was hysterical for you to get it. Yeah, get they the, did. I mean, and I, 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 you know, I, I can still laugh at it all these years later. Because in the big scheme of things, <laughs> it doesn't really matter that I was on Oprah. The next time I'm sitting in front of a woman who lost her son and I'm trying to make a connection for her, it doesn't matter what I did. It matters what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and the place that I'm coming from while I'm doing it. In that moment. Wow. So, so let's change gears because I, I, you, you had what was known as the five. Which Are you a five timing cycle or how did you come up with the name the five? Um, the, five the five was given to me um, by my guides, actually. There's a, an energy... My guides kind of like, I got new guides, basically. They, new energies kind of came in, and they were very at, at a high level, and they, they called themselves the five. 
and I named it after that in honor of them. And then it, it was I evolved it into Evolve. So let's let our listeners know about this because you have, you offer so many things with the, the the tools. You know, you're working with energy systems. You're working with teaching numerology. You're working. You're doing a lot with this. So let's let the listeners know um, where you are with things now and what you're offering. Um, well, for folks that can't afford what I'm doing right now, they can go to my Facebook page or johnedward.net, and they could see the 90-day evolution, and that is literally a free mini glimpse into the world of energy and aspects of what's happening in the online community that I created, which is called Evolve, which everything I'm doing they can find on johnedward.net. Um, all my live events are listed there. Um, very active on Twitter now. We are very active on Facebook. But each week I host a show called Evolve with John Edward, and season four of that will start in September sometime. And right now it's the 90-day evolution. And you're on tour. You're getting ready to do your tour. And I you'll am. Be, um, let's see. You'll be in Seattle first on August 15th, 2014, um, from at 7 o'clock. And it's at, that's at the Sheraton Seattle Hotel. And then in Kansas City on August 29th, um, at 7 o'clock at the Kansas City Marriott downtown. Now, you have a lot of other cities, and we have listeners nationwide. So, listeners, all you have to do is go to johnedward.net, and um, the information is there, or you can go to etix.com. Correct. And just click on live events. A lot of people will actually go to the site, and they'll be like, I don't see it. I'm like, just click on live events. <laughs> right, right. And you have many. You're, you're a busy – I looked at your schedule, and I'm like, whoa, you are on the road. Um, but, but, you know, this is good. And I, and I love how you did not um, allow the others to limit you to one thing because so many people in our society just think, oh, you can't wear five hats and, and still be good. At, you have to do one or the other. And, you know, when, you're, when you have the gifts that you do – I understand totally, you know, I, and it's fabulous that you continue to teach, continue to do the readings, and et cetera. I mean, I, I just think it's good that you're using your gifts in so many different ways. Thank you. I, listen, I feel like it's, it's my purpose, and there are, there are a lot of people, as you know, that, that do this work, and I, I just hope that in some way, the way Crossing Over set an intention for people, that people really get that now's the time about teaching and empowerment and helping to people to evolve and for anybody that's kind of attracted to the subject matter who are feeling like they want to be a part of it and they want to participate in it always make sure that you come from the place of the work not from ego um, I always tell people you'll you'll look great as long as you honor the work if you're honoring the work then you never have to you never have to worry about how good you look because if you're honoring the work the work will reflect on you in that same way yeah so, John, with the um, the membership to Evolve is a $75 one-time payment for an entire year. What do right. what do the folks get out of that? Well, they get there's a lot of tools online that open up underneath the online community. So we there's a tarot, there's symbol cards, there's guest contributors that come on. Um, there's a weekly show that every week they can download. There's meditation and chakra players. And then there's the opportunity that five people a month get a pair of tickets to my events, five people a month get a regular private reading, which is an $850 value. But they literally, five readings a month are regular phone readings if they're an Evolve member. And then we come have them come on the show, and they're read there as well. And now we're getting ready in season four to have audience come into the studio and also be interactive like that as well. So we're constantly evolving as, as, as the show is kind of hitting season four. 
fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. And, you know, so you're teaching, I want to ask this, it says, in addition, they will have full access to johnedward.net, such as the chakra player and the numerology, tarot and symbol card tools. What are you teaching with, with the chakras? Well, I like people to understand that we have them and give them an opportunity to, no excuses, go there every day and use it. So the chakras are the energy centers in the body. So we have seven main chakra centers. And to keep them open is to do an open-eyed meditation. And we have specially created music um, for your chakras and an open-eyed meditation with the colors to help you kind of go through it. So nobody can say, oh, I can't visualize it. It's like you don't have to. Click, click play. Wow, that's fabulous. You know, I always, you know, I'm of the belief that the more tools, because some people are visual, some are auditory, you know, some are sensory, I mean, some are kinesthetic, we're all different, you know, and when you can use that many different ways of reaching a person's, you know, psyche, it's fabulous. I agree. And I think that you have to sometimes diversify and, and use different ways. It's like not everybody learns the same way. And not everybody is going to experience something the same way. And I think the greatest teachers that I ever had in school were the ones that were able to adapt their teaching to the needs of the students that were sitting in front of them. So, John, let's just um, – we can go in a lot of directions, and you, we have just a few more moments. So, um, I, you know, if you would like to share how it was for you to be hand-delivered, so to speak, to Lydia Clare, actually – I remember the story, so if you would like to share that, we could do that. Or what else, you know, would you like – you go to whatever direction because there's like five different ways I could go. So, Well, you know what? This is, we've actually had a conversation before, so I'm actually curious to know. I want to know about you. I want to know about what, what – what's, tell me about you. Oh, my. Um, I'm changing rapidly right now. And, you know, I published the magazine. I do um, readings quite a bit, but I'm doing more life coaching, and I'm, I'm certifying life coaches now where they're learning breath work, they're learning uh, which way they process best, are they clairaudient, clairvoyant, you know, all the different clairs, and then I teach, um, I'm teaching how to connect with your spirit guide or guides, and how to really trust yourself more, and so the, the purpose behind everything that I'm doing right now is, like, these, these coaches will be able to work with their clients with meditation with how to develop their intuition, how to, I mean, they, they learned, uh, they had two weeks of breath work, so, you know, I'm traditionally cla- uh, trained in the traditional um, holotropic and uh, rebirthing breath work, but I've kind of evolved it past that. I feel that if people can learn how to do alternate nostril breathing to balance their right brain, left brain, if they can, when they're under stress, learn breathing techniques to shift that, and sometimes you can do it in as little as five minutes. Yep. And so I taught, I taught like eight different breathing techniques yesterday, um, and, you know, I, you, you could just see the difference, you know. I mean, you just, you know, so what, where I am with life, I just got my real estate license too, which people are like, what are you going to do with that? Well, I'm fascinated with houses, always have been. I clear houses when they won't sell. I work with real estate agents, and so when a, ho- a property is, like, you know, just sitting there, I don't have them tell me things. I just go in and intuitively work with it, and, you know, they're always shocked when I say, well, who is sick here? You know, who – why was there arguing in this room all the time? You know, what was going so on here? To, you help to release the energy that's stuck in the house. Can I tell you that one, of the, one of the things that I find really fascinating is when I moved into my, my house, the owner of the house was the one who built it. So nobody else lived there. Nobody died in the house. But I had, a, I had a very difficult time reading in the house because every time I opened up, I would feel them walking around the house. 
And I think a lot of times people think houses or places are haunted when it's really just a residual buildup of energy that people are reacting to. So if you're trying to sell a house, it makes absolute sense that you would get your real estate license and complete sense why somebody should work with you on that level. Because not only would you understand the world of real estate, but you can understand the flow of energy inside. And it's not from a feng shui standpoint. It's from it's the, the energies that are held inside that, that place. And sometimes by smudging and saging and you know, ringing the bell or releasing the energies, uh-huh. somebody would walk into that on an open house and feel differently about it. Same couple, oh, yeah. Come, yeah, same couple who can come in and go like, eh, I don't like it. They can come back and go, oh, you know, this is not so bad, and not have any idea why. Right. I'm really a big believer in sound healing. I'm trained in probably five different sound healings, and there is no fear with Cindy Meyer and her voice with, like, going in and cutting through. And I've studied in Egypt with the sound healing chambers, and I don't know, I've always been fascinated with sound. I think that goes back to the high mass, like, when I was a child, just loving, loving, and, you know, and I'm a big believer in chanting, and, you know, I taught them how to use mala beads yesterday, and some are like, well, we have rosaries, will that work? I'm like, absolutely, it's whatever, it's intention. What is your intention, you know, to connect with spirit and open the channel? So, so, but I'm glad you get the, the house part, because so many people are like, wow, how can you add that to everything else? I'm like, because the magazine, you know, the magazine's there. I work a lot of times at night on the magazine, actually. Well, what about, what about, like, can your clients, well, Phil, how do your clients find you? Like, how do people listening to this right now find you? Well, they've, um, they call the Spirit Seeker office, and then, you know, the magazine is my other calling card. And then, you know, like, when I started doing readings, I know you'll get this. I, I, I sat at my desk, and I thought, I want to be able to help people anywhere in the world. I don't want to just be able to help people in St. Louis. I kid you not, I never even advertised myself at that time. And then within, like, within six weeks of me saying that to Spirit, I had people from 10 or 12 states calling. Because you set your intention. You put it out there. Right. And then I just registered a new site called, and no, this is the first time I've talked about it, it's called The Energy Maven. And I feel like I, 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 I've not written a book yet. Everybody's like, when are you writing a book? And I, there were things just not all falling into place yet. But I feel like this house, selling the houses and working with the energy of buying, selling, with all the other gifts, I just feel like the energy maven, if your house is stuck, if your life is stuck, you just call Cindy Meyer and I'll help you figure it out. And when you said you feel like a spiritual tune-up coach, like you're doing, that's, I don't know if you use those exact words, but people will say, I feel like I just had a spiritual tune-up from you. Because, you know, spirit will kick them in the, you know what, are you yes. doing this? Are you, yes, You know they what will. I'm talking about. So, and, and some psychics don't do that. Some psychics, you know, it's like, this is what the card says or whatever. And it's like, no, you got to go deeper. It's got to become three-dimensional and applicable. Right, right. Otherwise, you know, they walk away, like when you were talking about the astrological charts. I mean, one of the gals in the meditation group did a chart for someone, and it was 30 pages long, and the client was so, like, overwhelmed. And yet when the girl said five sentences, like she says, well, basically here are the five things. If you could get these, you know. And I thought, oh, my goodness, thank you, because you have to start somewhere, and, you, you know, you don't want to overwhelm people. Absolutely. Well, I think it, you know, it's important because you're the host and you are a practitioner and you're so busy interviewing other people that are coming on. I think it's important for your listeners to know more about you and where you're coming from. And I know sometimes as the host of stuff that people don't ever ask you, like, what is it that you're doing or <laughs> how are you contributing to the planet? So when you ask me what I want to know, that is actually what I, what I, wanted, what I wanted to know. So thank you. Yeah, and, and you know, the other thing that I'm excited about is, you know, the the interviews that I have done for like the last four years, to transcribe them is very costly. But somehow, 
something came across my desk last week where I can pay this small fee, and for the first month I can have unlimited transcripts, um, you know, audios turned into transcripts. So one of my things that I'm going to do is just go back over the four years, and I'm going to pull as many of the wonderful interviews that I've had the the blessing to, you know, uh, offer, and I'm going to have them all turned into, you know, Word documents so that I, I mean, that's going to be a lot of, of stuff for the new website we're designing where, Very you know, cool. they can listen to an audio or they can, you know, I can use it in the magazine. So so that's where I am. And, you know, but thank you for asking yourself so to do that. Yeah, you get, I mean, I know you're not doing readings, but I feel like I'm on the right track. I feel like there's like this portal opening where I'll be doing more education through houses and helping people create nurturance through their homes. It sounds like you're in the right place. <laughs> With the right energy, and you're you're going to take it to the right level. Oh, well, thank you so much, and thank you thank for you. you know all that you're doing. And you know, listeners, once again, you can read all about um, the media appearances. He's going to be John's going to be all over, and you can read about his books. Everything is on his website, johnedward.net. And um, and we um, we just give thanks that you are offering and doing all that you're doing. And thanks so much for being my guest today. Thank you for so, having me. You take care. Have, okay. Have a beautiful day. Okay. Bye-bye. Good night, everyone.